Welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm Dr. Adam Moore, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this podcast is about how words and language can alter the course of your relationships. Have you ever had the experience of starting a conversation and just having it totally bomb? I'm going to help you rewind and use the power of language to get people to pay attention to you, to have real influence with others, to say things in a powerful but healthy way, and change the way people perceive you and what's important to you so you can have the relationships you want. Let's get going. When I was in my senior year of college, studying business of all things, I watched all of my friends get whisked away by big companies for job interviews in exotic places like Iowa and Indiana. I kept waiting for my turn to be wooed by corporate America, but it was not really panning out for me. Finally, it was pretty close to graduation. I got invited to interview in Southern California with a company called McMaster Car. It's an industrial supply company with over half a million products for sale. I had never heard of them before. I was invited to interview on a Thursday morning, and they paid my way through Sunday so I could enjoy what Southern California had to offer for a few days. It was pretty cool. I was really excited. I've never really liked doing things alone, so I invited my brother-in-law to come with me and hang out while I was there. McMaster Carr put us up in the Georgian, which is an Art Deco hotel, literally across the street from the beach in Santa Monica. The interview went okay, but they didn't offer me a job. However, my brother-in-law and I decided to spend Friday and Saturday just enjoying our time at Disneyland. We didn't have any crying kids, no expectations, no time limitations, no responsibilities. It was just us and Disneyland, and we really did have a ton of fun. By Saturday afternoon, we'd sort of run through just about everything we wanted to see and do. I think we were kind of scraping the bottom of the Disney barrel, at least for 20-something-year-old boys. I remember the two of us riding in the Alice in Wonderland ride. My brother-in-law is six foot two. We're just sitting there, him and I, riding this ride, really meant for like three-year-olds. We'd had so much fun that we woke up only about an hour before our flight was supposed to take off the next morning. We ended up getting to the airport maybe 10 minutes before the flight left. We hadn't even returned our rental car yet. So naturally, we ended up taking a red eye back home that night, but we did make it home. Have you ever heard the phrase Disneyland parent? I actually hear it a lot, especially when I work with people who are separated or divorced. Disneyland parent is what one parent, who perceives themselves as the more responsible parent, calls the other parent, who they perceive as sort of the fun-only parent, and it's not meant to be nice. I had a couple podcast listeners ask me questions about how to deal with their ex-spouse who they feel is a Disneyland parent, but guess what? This can also apply to any relationship, when one person feels they're doing all the heavy lifting and the other person's in charge of all the fun. Maybe you're wondering, what's the big deal here? Why would anyone care if one parent is all fun and few rules? I mean, isn't that why there are two parents? They're supposed to balance each other out, right? Well, it turns out that for a lot of people, it's actually a pretty big deal. Let me tell you why. I think that people feel like what's at stake is their standing with their kids. This is especially true when the relationship is falling apart or it's already over. It's pretty easy to win kids over with trips to the toy store or candy and games. But when you're what we might call a more responsible parent, focused on structure, rules, expectations, and all that, you might start to get worried, do these kids even like me? 
People start feeling like the kids favor the Disneyland parent over the one that's a stickler for doing things the right way and having boundaries. In fact, you might even start to worry that the Disneyland parent is going to leverage their funness to try to make you look like the mean, nasty parent. Maybe try to get the kids to want to move in with them and leave you in the dust in the case of a divorce. For the more responsible parent, being the Disneyland parent might even feel like a violation of the core parenting principles that are like, once you become a parent, you can't just do fun stuff anymore. You have to become more boring and rule-focused because if you don't, your kids are going to end up spoiled brats and it will be all your fault. Even in intact marriages, when one parent focuses more on fun, it's pretty common for the other one to crack down further on structure and the other way around. Each parent leans further and further away from the middle. I guess they're trying to create balance, but each one becomes pretty imbalanced in one direction. So while I do think it's cool that in a lot of relationships people tend to balance each other out, what gets people worrying is that they're the mean half of the teeter-totter, the one who will be disliked in their kids' memories. So what do you do if you're the one who's focused on educating, preparing kids for adulthood, creating structure in their lives, and having rules, but you feel like somehow it's actually working against you? You're becoming the parent that none of the kids like, just for trying to do the right thing. First, let me recommend that you seek more internal balance and worry less about whether your spouse or partner is ruining the kids. See, your relationship with the kids is your relationship. And your partner's relationship with the kids, well, it's actually on them to work out. I've seen too many people get wrapped up in trying to save the kids from the influence of the other parent. I've got news for you. You can't do it. And really, you shouldn't in most cases. It's like rescuing your kids from any type of pain. It usually comes back to bite them later by way of not being prepared for how painful life can actually be. On top of that, you're trying to control something that really is truly uncontrollable, which will just make you feel crazy in the long run. So internal balance means that instead of worrying whether the influence of the other person needs to be balanced out, you worry about whether you need to balance yourself out. If you're mostly rules and little fun, you better ask yourself how you can rectify that. But what if you're not really into play and fun like the other parent is? Maybe your personality is just different. Okay, well, ask yourself this. How can I connect with my kids in ways that are spontaneous, love-filled, and focused on all of their needs, not just the need to be responsible? I bet you have a lot of things the kids would enjoy engaging with you on if you just open up to it. Second, let me clue you into something pretty cool. Kids are actually really smart. Most kids intuitively know a healthy person when they see them. In fact, in a really interesting paradox, I find that lots of kids appear to favor the most imbalanced parent because they're afraid. They're afraid that the imbalanced parent will become so imbalanced that they'll disappear. They'll just go away. So the kids hang on to them, sometimes with almost a sense of desperation. You know why the kids feel so much more free to complain at and about you? to express their disgust with your parenting, because you're safer to share with. Your predictability creates a sense of secure attachment with your kids where they can practice anger and resentment and all of those tough feelings without fear that you'll abandon them. They may not actually feel nearly as safe with the other parents, so they're less likely to be honest about all their feelings. They might even put that parent on a pedestal because that's the only thing that feels safe for them. So remind yourself that kids' anger toward you might actually be a good sign. Trust me, I've seen people come to therapy in their 30s, and they tell me themselves that they gave one parent the hardest time, but that's the parent they respected and trusted the most. They're not actually in therapy typically talking about that parent. They're usually talking about the other one. 
So do you want a cool phrase you can use with your kids right now? And you can use this even if there's no Disneyland parent in your relationship. Use this phrase anytime your kids are whining or complaining about wanting to do something that really isn't in their best interest. Like, I want to not sleep and play video games all night, or can I substitute ice cream for all three meals today? When my kids ask me for unreasonable things, I say this. I would be the worst parent in the world if I let you do that. Most of the time, it stops them right in their tracks. Kids don't want their parents to be the worst parent. It sort of shocks their brain because it's not what I normally say. You can follow it up with something like this. And since neither of us wants me to be the worst parent in the world, we're going to do something else instead. It may not always remove the whining, but you'll be surprised to find that a lot of times it stops any of their well-crafted arguments they've been preparing. As for the Disneyland parent, in most cases, I would save my breath. Highlighting how dysfunctional you think they are for not offering more structure for the kids will rarely result in any change at all. In the worst scenario, pointing out how much it bothers you might actually egg the other parent on even further. If you're going to say anything, and you'll want to use what I'm about to say pretty sparingly, you could calmly say to the Disneyland parent, It must be disappointing for you to only have ever developed one half of your parenting skills. I hope that one day you can flex your other parenting muscles before they atrophy entirely and it becomes too late to fix any problems that it's created. Then you just calmly walk away. The other parent will either dismiss what you said or it will bother them so much that they won't be able to stop thinking about it. Either way, you still retain your dignity. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really try to keep these brief because that's how I like my information. Succinct, to the point, give me what I want, and let me move on. I hope you're finding that valuable just like I would. If you like what you're hearing, I would love for you to turn one or two of your friends onto the podcast and let them know you find it helpful. You can even let them know they can listen to it on a very short commute to work. I sincerely thank you for tuning in and I hope you'll keep listening. Have a great day.